Hello and welcome back to the In Around Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is David Harris. Hello. And Mike Breslin. Hello. Yes! <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, we've been having some trouble getting this podcast off the ground. Um, you wouldn't have thought we'd have done a successful one about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> anyway. So we're back on our regularly scheduled day. So I guess this could be regularly scheduled programming. And we're back like the Premier League is back. How were those games, eh, lads? <laughs> we haven't seen them yet. Um, anyway, <laughs> we're going to preview the rest of the games that are coming. Some are great, some are bad. Some are um, involving Newcastle. Um, and anyway, we're going to discuss them. We're going to have a bit of a, possibly a debate about a few things. Who knows? We're always pretty contentious here on the In and Around podcast. How many times can we say Tottenham are going to lose, Dave? Who knows? But first, how are you? Have you been in the 20 minutes since we've seen each other? Um, good, apart from my laptop messing up, I guess. Well, otherwise, totally, totally fine, I'd say. Good stuff. Well, I'm just peeling back the curtain for the viewers, Dave. Peeling back the yeah, curtain. Yeah, I know. I mean, I thought they could see it well, and then I realised they only listened to this podcast. Yeah, that is true. You are a moron. My captain... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm doing better than my uh, my Wi-Fi appears to be doing, but we're, we're getting there. But you're certainly better than one of your co-hosts. Um, anyway, let's get on to the football. <laughs> Speaking of curtain calls, please, can it be the last season in the top flight for this team? Norwich versus Southampton. Now, I said we wouldn't talk about this, but I just want to quickly say something. Danny Ings, is this the best season by someone who looks like he shouldn't be good at football ever? Higuain's had a couple of good seasons in there. That's true, that is true. Michu at Swansea comes to mind, Will, to be honest. Michu was always looking like a good player. You take that back, sir. He looks like the front man of, a, of an indie rock band. But Danny Ings always looks good, Will. He's always looked a good goal scorer. Oh, I forgot I was talking to the president of the Ings fan club. Anyway, this so game... not Ings season, Will? Okay, all right, let's move <laughs> Anyway, lads, this game, the reason I don't really want to talk about it is the kickoff game. However, to me, it's a no-brainer. Southampton win, Norwich are poor. Um, Porous in defence too. What do you guys think? Yeah, I can't see Norwich holding holding their own in this game, really. I think Southampton will just overpower them. and They've looked pretty good going forward all season. So, you know who's going to score. I don't need to mention his name for the seventh time in two minutes. <laughs> Mike? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of both coaches, to be honest. But um, I think Southampton have the extra quality. And uh, given that neither side have had too much training, Southampton will probably prevail. Dave, give me a score. Going 3-0 Southampton. Yikes. Ings hat-trick. Mike? Um, I'll go uh, 1-0 Southampton. I was going to do that, but I'll go 2-0 Southampton. All right, no goals for Norwich. No, I'll tell you what. Team of, tell you what, everyone was really excited about Timmy Pukki, but... Yeah, he's been horror since uh, the first couple of months. Terrible. Speaking of horror, let's move on to the next fixture, which is Tottenham Hotspur versus Manchester United. Manchester United. Um, Mr Breslin, I want you to take it away. Tell me how you think this one's going to go. Uh, well, I just don't really want to watch it because the Mourinho team's involved. I will be watching, however. I'll have made it this far. Four from four. We're aiming to watch by this point. Um, 
I think Spurs will likely not do that much attacking despite being at home because Mourinho's in charge. Um, they do have Kane and Son back, however, so that's nice for them. Um, yeah. United, United have got Pogba back, which I really couldn't care less about. Mark and Rashford. Rashford. Yeah, Rashford. Season. yeah, I'm glad to have him back. He's a good player. We can show Pogba the exit door, but other than that, <laughs> I don't really have a clue what the score will be, so I'll go for a 1-1 one, one draw. Um, Dave, this game, a uh, bit of a glamour tie in the names, but I can't imagine yeah. quality. No, I agree well. Um, yeah, um, uh, to be honest, the thing that interests me most about this is seeing what Bruno Fernandes and Pogba are like together in midfield. Yeah. Uh, I think that actually, if Pogba can, as much as Mike wants him out of the club, um, if he can get back to any sort of form, it would be really interesting to see what he could do in midfield next to someone like Bruno Fernandes. And crucially, Fred. Let's not forget about Fred in a midfield three. I think that could be really exciting. Um, I think the actual game itself, yeah, I can't see it being a, a thriller. So now I've said that, it'll probably be 3-3, free free, but my prediction is I'm going to go for like 1-0 Tottenham, to be honest. I think Tottenham oh, are going to scrape I think they're going to scrape it. Do me um, a favour. <laughs> Interest, this is going to be one of those games that I think... There's going to be a lot of cancelling out happening. Man United are actually better on the counter. Um, we've seen it all season against teams like Chelsea. They've scored early and then they've sat, soaked up a bit of pressure and broke on them. In the famous 4-0 that we mentioned last episode. Same with that the Etihad against City. Um, and the problem is with that, um, Jose Mourinho's Tottenham are not going to do that, you wouldn't think. However, interestingly enough, most of the explanation for Mourinho sitting back in the fixtures against Chelsea before the break were, I've literally got no one. I've lost Kane. I've lost Son. I've lost Deli Alley. Blah blah blah. Um, he hasn't really got that excuse this time, and they're playing at home. Whether or not that he they can be so anti-football and so defensive um, remains to be seen. So this one, you know what's coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I and we all know how Mourinho plays in the big games, and you like it or not, it does typically get results. However, you're just, not picking a Spurs win. I don't believe. I that. just, I can't see either of them winning here. I think there'll be goals. I think it'll be one-one. Um, Great choice. And, but like, like Dave, I'm interested to see Bruno how that midfi- midfield with Bruno Fernandez, Pogba, and Fred or Matic, whoever it is, is going to look because. Everyone's really excited about Fernandez and Pogba because there's obviously Fernandez has got a stupid record and over the last couple of seasons hit the ground running. And Pogba, to his credit, although he gets a lot of slander on this podcast, I think he did have the most combined goals and assists in the top five leagues last season. So he's the talent is there. Whether or not they could actually work as a three, I don't know. But I am actually for one going to be interested in watching them play together. I don't think it'll be a high quality game, but I think it could be. An interesting watch. Yeah. An interesting watch, really? Well, not... <laughs> um, when I say interesting... Watch, nearly fallen off his when I say interesting... When I say Have interesting you watched watch, either of these teams all year? When I say interesting watch, I mean, is, I mean it's been, we've been so starved from football, Brez. New football. I'm trying to find little nuggets 
in what, let me tell you, is not a particularly inspiring opening slate of games. I'd rather watch Brighton and Arsenal. Oh, that's going to be full of goals, though. That's why you'd rather watch that. Anyway, just before we move on from these teams, there's obviously Oli has sort of stabilised in the second half of the season. And it's gone from being Oli out to Oli in. And it's quite interesting that he's playing Tottenham, who have their old manager and they also previously had the manager that many pegged to replace Solskjaer at United. Mike, are you Ole in or are you Ole out? Um, yeah, I still I still think, I, I think I'm, I've done a U-turn now. I, I think he can stay for a bit. Why? Um, whether Fernandez was his idea or not remains, I don't know, but He's been a, a good signing. I like that he brings for youngsters. I think Greenwood's going to be a very, very good player. It's been nice yeah, to see Williams good. quite a bit this season. I think he could be a pretty good fullback for United. Um, someone's going to have to make big changes to that squad. We've got an absolute ton of centre-backs, which if Arsenal would like a centre-back, we've got about seven. Um, Sanchez needs to go. There's a big overhaul still required at Old Trafford. Yeah, and well, if his comments about if they're, I can't remember if they're not a nice bloke, I don't think that's the word he used, but um, then they'll be on their bike. I think if they're below United standards, they should also be on their bike, and there's plenty of those in that squad still. There's a lot of Deadwood in the squad. However, the reason I asked this is you said he should stay for a bit and we knocked we knocked um, Ollie for earlier in the season for not having a style and not finding a style he wanted to play to and we compared him to Lampard in which we said we can see even when Chelsea aren't playing well that Lampard knows the way he wants his team to play and he said we couldn't tell that with Solskjaer can you tell that with Solskjaer towards I'm asking you to think back a few months but were you starting to see some him building towards something because to me it it still doesn't feel like he's building towards something. I think he knows a little bit more. But I don't know. If you want my honest opinion, I think he's a little bit tied by the squad that he has, which I think mm-hmm. is from years of just terrible recruitment by the club where they've got a new manager, recruited for that manager and then dumped those players on the next manager who doesn't mm-hmm. want half of them. But has to, they have to stick around because they're on ridiculous wages that no one else is going to pay. But anyway, so I don't know if this is the football that he actually wants to play. Clearly in the big games, he's playing a counter-attacking style. And as you say, it works again. It's worked against City. But I don't, I don't know if I remember Sir Alex's football being a lot nicer to watch or whether it actually was or not. But it was. I think it it, I feel like it was, but maybe it wasn't. But it just sometimes it just sitting there going to Liverpool. I said it about Mourinho a couple of years ago when he went to Liverpool to get a nil nil. That's just not. That's just not what I watched Man United for, really. No. So I'd... someone's got to overhaul the squad. So we're gonna we need to rebuild, and then maybe you bring in a Pochettino or. Uh, someone who's going to win trophies and but isn't have that the a certain same, style. Isn't that the same problem, though, that you you say you then bring someone in? Uh, aren't you recruiting for a manager who's then coming in? Like, uh, is it? Does it not make sense? Well, to a point, 
I think while he's available. Okay. Let me change him. my tack then. Mm-hmm. What they should do is get a director of football and have the whole club playing to a certain style and bring in players and managers to fit that, that style, which is what other clubs do. Mm-hmm. Or you stick with Solskjaer and go with his philosophy from top to bottom for, for five years from top to bottom and he can kind of be your director of football even though he's the manager because they don't seem to want a director of football for some reason. It's interesting. They were actually going to appoint one, weren't they? And then they never went they through. They were and now they've, now they've set, decided they don't need one. I don't understand how you can decide that. But anyway. But my question is, that I got guess, a lot diversified away from Molly Gunnar Solskjaer, but there you go. I know, but it is it's all entwined with itself. My point, my question is, is Oli Gunnar Solskjaer the right man to be at the centre of that job? Uh, well, if you look at his experience, almost certainly not. However, he does know the club better than most people. Yeah. My yeah. other concern with him is he, the Glazers and Edward would see, he seems to be uh, yeah, like puppet almost at times. I don't really like that because I don't like the Glazers at all. I I think on it, you'd want Solskjaer around as like a, a first team coach, but you need someone need someone with more calibre as the manager, maybe. I, I would think. I think things have... Yeah, the last few months of the season, things were looking up. But as Will says, I, I don't see building to anything specifically. I don't see like a Solskjaer philosophy shining through. And yeah, yeah, maybe that is down to the players a little bit. So he has to chop and change to see what he can get the best out of the team, depending on who they're playing. But if you really believe in yourself as a manager at a club of the stature at Man United, you need to be playing some sort of philosophy week in, week out. Um, because that's how you build towards successful teams. You can't have a team that's going to win something if some weeks they play a certain style and some weeks they play another. I think I think Solskjaer as a first-team coach or even an assistant manager um, to a much better experienced manager is maybe a Solskjaer long-term future at United. I don't see his long-term future being a manager there. I am. Um, I sympathise with what you're saying, though, Mike, and I think it, I think there's the the part of the the emotional connection to a club because I certainly want as many Chelsea, I want as many ex players involved with Chelsea as possible. I, and I, I do find it hard to say bad things about Solskjaer. Yeah, um, I just think there's. A, I think interestingly enough, how I feel about this is is so you if you take Manchester United's per. You take their um, them trying to buy Jane Sancho into account, and you compare it to Chelsea buying Hakim Ziyech or Chelsea buying Werner. I look at those transfers that Chelsea are making, and I look at them and I say, well, I can see exactly how they're going to play. I can see exactly how they're going to fit into the Lampard system. I can see exactly how they're going to complement things. Are there issues? Yeah, there's issues with any transfer. But with Jane Sancho, I'm seeing a really talented player who's a massive name. It's another almost Galactico-level signing for Man United. But where does he ultimately fit in Like in terms of the way they're going to play? Is he, or is he just another piece rather than the perfect piece? Yeah. I, I'd have no idea, to be honest, where he's going to fit in. Yeah, I mean, and I'd, like, I'd like them to buy him just because I think it'd be fun to watch him at United and in the Premier League. But 
Yeah. I, I think it's just that, like, this is what they did with Pogba. They just signed the bloke they thought would sell a few shirts. Yeah. Mm, look at that went. Well, you know how I feel about that. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we had a good chat about United, so let's move on. Um, if you think we were, if anybody's sitting there thinking, oh, I wonder if they're going to talk about Chelsea and maybe buy a few players, we bloody well are. Um, <laughs> but we'll wait for a few minutes for that. But before that, we're going to talk about Watford Leicester. Um, Watford before the relegation zone, slightly resurgent outside of the relegation zone, only on goal difference. Got a huge win against Liverpool, which thank God. Um, Leicester were thank third. God. Leicester were third, having. A good season, but since Christmas has been a massive decline. Dave, are Leicester one of the teams you reckon that are going to have benefited from the break most? Yeah, I think, to be honest, they they look like they were in need of a break, if anything. They look like they'd sort of run out of steam, um, almost out of ideas, actually, at times. Um, and, yeah, I think, to be honest, with their players... They really may have benefited from being able to 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 stop, but at the same time, I actually think Watford might be one of the most benefited teams, um, just for the reason that with Watford they'd started to come good, and they they haven't had a time to play through games maybe where the legs weren't there and results slip again. They're coming back into it at pretty much the best they had been for the whole of the season, and refreshed so I think with Watford when you look at teams at the bottom some of them are like we weren't doing well before let's try and do better Watford were already doing better and now they've just able to come back more refreshed so I think it could be an interesting game however I do think Leicester have more quality overall Um, so I would really expect Watford sorry Leicester to win this but I think Watford will still make a good account of themselves in this game, to be I, honest. I would totally agree with you on Watford and being also benefit from the break if they were coming back with Deeney. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Well, missing your talisman. He's talisman yeah. He started training again, I think. But is he playing? I'm not sure if he's playing, but I, I think maybe not for this game, but I think he is coming back at least. Because Kante is training, but he's also not yeah. playing right now. I think there's, I think it, what for the whole outlook on Watford's season is really dependent on whether, and it's really horrible to do this to Troy Deeney because of all the players to say they're not playing, I know we gave Lyle Taylor hell for leather last week of all, for not playing, of all the players who you know aren't doing it for letting down their teammates, I think he is the one, like he's the one who shouldn't be playing because he's obviously got these issues with his son. Um, and it's, that's why it's so horrible to put this on him. However, if he doesn't come back, Watford are going to be back in trouble. Is that important to that team, just in terms of a tone setter? Yeah, uh, yeah, he is huge to um, huge to Watford. Um, I, I think uh, Pearson's a really good manager. He's turned them turned them around since he mm. came in. I think Watford will have enough to stay up, and they'll probably get a point out of this game. I reckon. Oh, you do. So, what do you think the score will be? I don't think Leicester will quite. Be their free flowing selves, so I'm, I'm going to pick another 1 1 draw. Dave? I, I, I'm I going to go. will get better over the next 10 games. So. I I'm, I'm going to go 2 1 Leicester. I think Watford will look good in this game, but I think Leicester's quality and having had a break will, will benefit them. I think they'll just 
I don't I don't know about scrape. I'm not saying Leicester might come out with something that will look like they might not deserve, but I think it will definitely be a game where Watford give a good account of themselves. I think it'll be I think it'll be a draw. Um I I think Leicester are the better team, but I think early on Watford are gonna be wo- Watford are gonna be well drilled. They're gonna they're gonna sit. Leicester are gonna have to chase this game a bit. So I just I just can't see I just can't see any I feel like again, and I feel like this with a lot of these games, it's going to be a li- there's going to be a lack of quality on show. And I think in t- in for Leicester, they when they pop, they absolutely have to have their mercurial talents like Madison, um, Jamie Vardy, the uh, unsung hero of the uh, Harvey Barnes. They have to have them absolutely popping. And I just don't think they will be. So I will go for nil nil. <sighs> now, Brighton in the ass. That's uh... a. <laughs> It's a sentence. <laughs> Brighton, two points above the drop, two points from the last six games. Really didn't want to come back and play any more football. I wonder why. Um, Arsenal, as we stated on the last podcast, are going to um, be playing a bit better. They're still not at the old Arsenal, we knew. However, they're going to be coming off possibly a, a loss against City or a morale-boosting win. This is certainly an easier prospect for Arsenal, isn't it, Mike? Yeah, far easier. Um, I would expect them to score some goals in this game. I think Brighton will probably get one as well um, because of Arsenal's defensive deficiencies that we mentioned uh, on Monday's podcast. Um, I like Graham Potter a lot. I don't think they're going to get anything out of this game. Unfortunately, Arsenal having an extra game, a proper game beforehand, I think will help them. Uh, and I think they'll take the three points this one. Okay, Dave. Yeah, I think with Brighton, I don't know. I feel they try and play quite good football. I think Arsenal will have too much quality. Um, yeah, I think it will be. I think it'll be a case where Arsenal will probably win. Uh, I yeah, I'm going to say two 0 on this actually. Um, I think we sit every time we talk about Brian on here, and we have talked about Brian a fair amount for a team where that are where they are. We always say we like Graham Potter. Dave always raises the concerns about them deciding that they wanted to have a style of football, and me and Mike always say that the style is really important. I am not shocked they didn't want to come back. Um, Brighton always seemed to me like one of those teams where, and they, I might be talking about blowing smoke at my arse here, but they feel to me like they're one of those, one of the teams in the league that benefits the most from the home advantage. Like I always look at Brighton away and I'm like, when I I always look at Brighton away, I'm like, I don't really fancy that. I don't really like that. So I think them losing the home advantage really is going to make a lot of their fixtures even more difficult but the other thing is as well the break could not have come at a better time for them this is a chance to reset and that's why it's so unfortunate they're going to be playing Arsenal who I think will probably be the better team on the day and will probably win Um, just a quick one on that just to back up your point about the home advantage they've picked up 18 points from 14 at home um, only 11 from 15 away from home yes The smoke worked! Yeah. So they've picked up seven more points in one less game. Um, So, yeah, 
maybe not having the fans there will um, be a bit of a hindrance more so than to some other teams. Interesting point about Potter's style and the fact it's more expansive in keeping the ball. As we said on the last podcast, we think that could benefit some teams. So for Brighton, when they play some of the teams lower down the league, that might not actually be a bad thing that they've changed to this new style. Um, however, this game, 3-0 Arsenal. Yikes. Yeah, I think I think Meza Ozil will play. Be terrible and they'll get him off and get on a proper play. <laughs> I don't know why I slated Meza Ozil. I just fancy him. Um, I'll tell you what, the next game's really exciting, isn't it? Christ, West Ham Wolves. West Ham out of the relegation zone on goal difference. Wolves are having a really good season. Um, Dave, I'm going to let you say that bit. Um, Wolves are <laughs> in Europe. West Ham did not want to come back and play. West Ham did not want to come back and play at all, did they? Good Lord. I lost no, they didn't. The amount of op-eds Karen, Karen Brady was writing about not coming back and playing. Christ alive. Column after column, it seemed like. I mean, I'm a bit confused by it because the advantage at the London Stadium is you can't see the fans anyway. Yeah, West, West Ham actually to to fill in for the fans not being present is just going to have loads of gammons in the seats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my word! One of those jokes that was worth it. Let me tell you, <laughs> if they're bringing back the season. And it will all be worth it if it ends up with West Ham getting relegated. Um, anyway, Wolves West... are going to win this game. West Ham are absolutely awful. Yeah, they're dreadful, aren't they? Um, I'd really, really like to see Karen Brady go get relegated. If I'm yeah. honest. I think West Ham have had a really disappointing season. Um, they came into it with aspirations, I think, of the Europa League. They recruited well, and nothing has popped. Their players from last season who played well, like Felipe Anderson, have not played well again. Um, this year and that's been a real problem for them whereas Wolves again look brilliant they look well drilled under Nuno they've got a great they've got real quality up front now Adama Traor has added that decision making which makes a real difference so I think Wolves will win this game and I think it'll probably be 2-0 Wolves 2-0 Wolves yeah Yeah. I don't really know where the goals are coming from for uh, West Ham for West Ham um as much as I liked Haller when he moved. They, their signings just never seem to work out for some reason at West Ham. Yeah, it's so strange. They, they make really... sense on paper and just never work out. Um, but I think that... I don't know really what the break will have done for them, to be honest. Wolves will be well-drilled and very much up for this game, given that five places might get you into the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'll go three one Wolves. If you took two nil. Yeah. Dave? Mm, I think Wolves are gonna win like one nil, to be honest. I think I think like um on our last episode what Will said about uh Man City Arsenal, that Man City could pace them but the scoreline might not reflect. I feel like this could be a similar game. I mm. think Wolves could potentially Totally outplay them, um, but the scoreline really might not reflect that. Hmm. Um, let's quickly rattle to rattle through these next two games because, to be honest, they are dull as ditch water. Bournemouth versus Palace, Mike. I think you said this was the first game you definitely wouldn't be watching. Yeah. Um, I think this is going to be dull. I think it's going to be one-one. Um, I've really nothing else to say about it, Dave. I know you might have something to say about Bournemouth. 
Well, yeah, what I said about Eddie Howe, um, it's coming home, really, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Is it? Oh, I just don't think they're it's coming home. I think they're, I think they're going to go down. I've been saying it for weeks, months even. He's got such a shit-eating grin on his face now when he says this. Yeah, I think I think Palace, Hodgson's in a really good job. I think they'll, I think they'll probably do quite well in this game. To be honest, I think they're pretty solid defensively. Um, Bournemouth, as much as I do actually like their style of football, it just doesn't seem to be cutting it really this year. However, I do believe Bournemouth have a couple of players back from injury. David Brooks. Uh, yeah, Brooks, who's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan so Juna. That could, that could really help them. Um, I think it'll be a close game, really. Hmm. Yeah, okay. me too. Nil, nil. Let's move hmm. on. Dave, did you give a score? No, I think 1-0 Palace. Okay. Um, moving on to the next one. Newcastle versus Sheffield United. Blow my brains out before I watch this game. Good lord. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be this is gonna be either nil nil or one nil Sheffield. I'm gonna go for nil nil. I've got nil one, yeah. Sheffield United. Won't oh, be watching this either for the record. Oh, just for the just for the record, Newcastle playing the most turgid, stodgy football I think I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> How many think, times do you want to put this on the record? Uh, I, just, <laughs> I just honestly, if there's a team I could relegate, like because. In my head, I know Tottenham are never going to get relegated, no matter how much I'd like it. I know Arsenal are never going to get relegated, however much I'd like it. So I'm just sat here with my great hopes of West Ham to go, Burnley to go, and Newcastle to go. Because Burnley and Newcastle, oh, Burnley. Are wasted. they're a waste of a spot in this division. There are, there are teams that are far more exciting than those hell holes. <laughs> Literally, oh, the, God. there's only two, only two good things have ever come out of Newcastle. One, Avida Zampet, great show, watch it if you haven't. And the second one is goal, living the dream. And I'll tell you what my dream is, Newcastle to be relegated. Let's move on. <laughs> what was your score prediction, by the way, Dave? There? I'm going to go... <sighs> 1-1, I think. Oh, God, don't tell me you think there's going to be goals. Oh, there will be. <laughs> OK, right. Simple, Matty Longstaff, David McGoldrick, there you go. McGoldrick again. McGoldrick now on four goals for the team. <laughs> um, Villa versus Chelsea. Um, interesting one. This is going to be Chelsea's first game back, whereas Villa will have already played once, so maybe Villa has either their legs will have gone or um, they'll be slightly fitter. However, as we said in the last podcast, I don't want to belabor the point about how bad Villa are, um, but they're not good, are they, Brett? No, no, they're not. They're not a good side. Um, again, they're not going to have the Villa Park crowd behind them <laughs> for the visit to Chelsea. Um, as soon as a goal goes in for the away team, they're certainly not behind them then. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, I think despite Villa playing an extra game, I, I just think Chelsea is just far superior in pretty much all areas. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave yeah it's, it's not going to be pretty for Villa I don't think yeah yeah, they would have warmed up I guess having a game uh, before but I really think Chelsea could could run riot with this one um, yeah it's not it's not looking pretty for Villa to, to say the least um, I think it's probably be 3-0 Chelsea 
Yeah, talking about um, uh, it's quite an interesting time for Chelsea to be honest. And the I was thinking the other day the um break and play probably came at the right time because um it's going to allow them to get Christian Pulisic back who. This is going to sound ridiculous. Had quietly become really important to Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. Their best run of form was when he was the second scoring threat alongside Abraham. And um, when he went down with an injury, you noticed the results took a bit of a turn. They couldn't get as many goals. So having him back is going to be a massive deal. I think for Chelsea, they, if N'Golo Kante is not playing, that's a big loss. Um, but I just think the break came at the right time. And... I think there's probably going to be a good feeling around the club because they're making some interesting moves in the transfer market, aren't they? Because we all know that they're planning on triggering the Timo Werner release clause, um, which is a very interesting signing to go along with Hakim Ziyech. I said earlier that I can I can see how they're going to play. I wouldn't be surprised next season to see them lining up with um, Werner on the left and Ziyech on the, um, on the right and Tammy Abraham up top. I think Werner plays best when he's alongside a target man um Brez, that is scary man yeah this is my thing because chelsea are also linked with um sorting out the left back spot and let me tell you now if i get to do a podcast where we're not playing fucking emerson or marcus alonso at left back i will be so happy lads you will not understand how happy i'll be there just the, I don't care how much we pay for a left back. I just don't want to ever see Emerson play football for us again. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, if they sort out the left back spot, I mean, you've still got the keeper spot, which is a bit concerning still. But other than that, it's a pretty good team you're looking at. Pretty good young team, yeah. Yeah, young um, team as well, which has a future. Um, the report's saying they've got a three-year plan, I think, for yeah title well, challenge. So... Um, I was listening to the fantastic Straight Out of Cobham podcast on The Athletic, uh, in which they were talking about how they managed to get um, Timo Werner. And I think it was Liam Toomey, who's the Chelsea correspondent for The Athletic, was saying that um, uh, Lampard on the call to Werner said, look, these are our goals this season. Trying to is, is growing next season, starting to challenge for odds third season. Winning, winning odds, <laughs> honest. honest. <laughs> Final season, perhaps third season, perhaps winning honest, which is twofold interesting. One, it shows that Chelsea have really committed to committed to Lampard in a way they haven't been for other managers, because yeah. you certainly know that like they lost out on when they had Conte, they lost out on Van Dijk. One of the reasons they lost out was Van Dijk certainly felt that Klopp was going to be at the club at Liverpool for much longer than Conte was going to be at Liverpool, so he knew what he was getting. I just think it's really interesting. I agree, and if you somehow manage to get Havertz in as well, my goodness. It's having a team, Chelsea, you're building, to be honest. I tell you what, I'm conflicted about Havertz because I think he's a really good player. I think he's probably a generational player, and when you get an opportunity to get generational players, you get them. However, I knocked United earlier for going to Sancho without having an idea of how he'd play. To me, I don't. Lampard's playing four-three-three. Havertz is not an out-and-out striker. He's not a central midfielder. He's more of a number ten, false nine. So I'm sort of like here going. I don't. I don't see him slotting into the team, perhaps as well as some of the other people. Yeah, you're going back to the era when Chelsea started stockpiling all the uh, all the number tens. Yeah, one of my favourite seasons. <laughs> really good fun. Just had so many of them. Yeah. Um, 
But anyway, as for the Villa game, I think Chelsea win this. I think they win this 3-1. Yeah. Dave, what do you think scoreline was? Um, Dave had 3-0. I've got 2-0. Yeah. I don't have Villa scoring, unfortunately. Sorry, Villa fans. Um, I suppose there's also the other two remaining fixtures, Everton versus Liverpool and Man City versus Burnley. We'll take Everton versus Liverpool. Um, if City drop points midweek, um, this could be where Liverpool seal the title. Dave, um, who do you see winning this game? Um, have you got any thoughts about it? Um, yeah, I see I see Liverpool being way too good. Um, I mean, they earlier in the season, they absolutely demolished Everton uh, in the league. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Demolished. I said demolished. <laughs> it sounded like you said demolished. I said demolished. Maybe I lagged and it stretched it out. I demolished the Rosen. I quite like that, that this fixture is the first one back. And also... We don't think it's going to be, but if if City lose, uh, drop points, Liverpool could win the league. I'm I'm sure everyone knows that. But we well, t- they win the we, league, but it's got an asterisk. All right, let's get that absolutely out. Absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely right. Um, but we talked before about Everton seemingly having a mental block when they play Liverpool. They've had this hanging over, this fixture hanging over them for three months to think about this as well. Yeah, but however, so have Liverpool. Liverpool, yeah, one of them have so much strong pressure, Dave, and the other one's Everton. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I guess I, I just think it's much worse for Everton to have this hanging over them than, than for Liverpool. I just think I could be wrong. I see. Well, I'm not yeah. looking forward to watching Richarlison play football again. Tell me and tell you that for nothing. Oh, classic um, slander. To be honest, this is one of those ones that I, I think. The last I can't remember was it the last game before the break where Everton lost four 0 to Chelsea and another Billy Gilmore masterclass yeah, showing Dan yeah. how it's done. Um, that being wow. said, Everton got it so tactically wrong on that day that I thought if we could do that to them, what are a fresh Liverpool going to do to them? Um, Liverpool will want to get this over and done with. They want to win the title, get it out of the way. I can see this being. Another one of those games where the balance of play is um, totally out of whack of what the final scoreline is. So I'm going to say 2-0 Liverpool. Yeah, I've also got 2-0 Liverpool on this one. Um, I don't think Everton are going to actually offer very much, unfortunately. Uh, Liverpool are just by far and away the best team in the league. And regardless of how they come back fitness wise which is going to be pretty good Klopp will ensure that um, they're going to beat Everton I think I I think it'll be 2-1 I think they'll have a scare from Everton but but still pull off a win um, yeah I'm just interested to see what happens really with this um, yeah I, I don't know it's weird Um I mean, whatever happens, even if City don't drop points, there's no way Liverpool aren't going hell for leather in this game, really. No, I don't think they know so, any other way. Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, I'm more interested to see what the weather's like on the day to see if Liverpool lose, what Jurgen Klopp's going to complain about. Uh, <laughs> oh, there was sleet in the sky. Um, the final game, the first round of fixtures. Monday, Man City versus Burnley. What a terrible game of football this is going to be. I, I, and do you know something? 
Burnley, I'd back to be any top any top six team. Just but because, Man City. but Man City, I don't understand it. They're always they so good against battered Liverpool. always. Don't Every they? time they play Man City, they get battered like four, five. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah, no, I do remember last season at Turf Moor, the title race. I don't know if you guys remember this thing. Rodri scored a belter in this game. Yeah, it was actually a really close game. Wasn't it this season? Isn't this Rodri's last... first season? Yeah, it's Rodri's oh, yeah, it first season. This season actually. Yeah. <laughs> it must have well, been this season. Never mind. I don't think they got pasting though. The only time, time I can I can ever remember Burnley playing well against City was when George Boyd scored that goal that um and they oh, lost. George Chelsea. Boyd, what a Chelsea were they Chelsea were battling for them and I was like, well, that's Man City are out of the way practically at this point. George Boyd, by the way, always the first man to celebrate, even if he hasn't scored the goal. He will be <laughs> the first man. Let me tell you, always. <laughs> okay. But as for this game, lads, um, three deal City. I haven't really got anything to say about it. It just is. <laughs> I've got Burnley getting a point, one-one. What? Really? Ashley Barnes is back. I mean, it's, oh, it's interesting, God. isn't it? Because they could go into this game knowing that Liverpool have already won the league. And City, God knows what's going on. You know, they could, with the court of our patrician stuff, who, who knows? Um, I'm still going to back City, though. I'm going to say 2-0. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have had an extra game. I think they probably will win. I don't know why I picked a draw, but there you go. <laughs> I like it. Two seconds in, he's already not back in his uh, claims. Um, anyway, this is all part of our in and around prediction game where we try and keep up and uh, predict the right results. And then at the end of the season, one of us is going to be winning. So currently ahead of the head of the pack is Dave. Um, that's that's not good for me and Mike. That. Um, it's really but, quite upsetting, if I'm honest. We'll, we will keep you up to date with how it's going um, on Twitter, and you can play along with us by sending us your predictions for the weekend's results on Twitter at In and Around Pod, sending us them on the other socials at In and Around Pod, except for MySpace. We're not there yet. Still not there, unfortunately. Still not there, still not there. We are closer on LinkedIn, though. We are closer. <laughs> um, Dave, if the people want to follow you, uh, where can they follow you? Uh, Dave Harris underscore 44. Yeah, as we mentioned in the last pod, don't bother. Mike, if they want to follow you, <laughs> where can they follow you? Uh, at Mikey Bresley on Twitter. Yep, and that's for all your Brazilian numbers. Someone avoided it then. As you can see, at we 17 but please don't. Please instead, as I mentioned, follow us at In and Around Pod, uh, In and Around Pod on all the socials. I keep I keep wanting to tell you what the email is, and if you do have any questions, you can email us there at inandaroundpod at gmail.com. Dear God, that was a messy end. Anyway, until next time, enjoy the football. Absolutely. It's back, baby. The Prem is back. <laughs> <laughs>